Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, welcome into the all-new All Ball. Man, do we have a great pod for you. So excited. Frank Haith, uh, longtime friend, head coach of Tulsa, the Golden Hurricane, who finished in first place in the AAC, will be my guest We'll get his thoughts on you know, why he left Miami, why he left Mizzou, um, how close they were to being they are to being special at Tulsa, what this is like, and oh yeah, by the way, he has a a, a personal thought on uh, on the protests and on police brutality and kind of something interesting that he learned he learned about the Tulsa race riots only after this took place, and now obviously I think that's going to change how he coaches and teaches his men in the future. Um, also on this pod, we got a kind of a double double hit hit for you. It should be really, really good. Uh, Brandon Goble joins us. Um, he is, uh, if you follow Hoops, you know he has a Twitter handle, at Juco Advocate. Here's a guy who will go anywhere to find any player and give him a chance to be seen. All right, it's pretty cool. So uh, Brandon Goble and Frank Hay. First, let, let's get to our conversation with the head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome him in. He's the head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. He's Frank Haith. And um, Frank, there's a bunch of things I'd love to get to you, get with you on this, this podcast. But let me start with something that I did not know until uh, listening to some of your uh, remarks um, on other podcasts and other outlets that, you know, um, and, and maybe this is something I've probably learned 
is, man, everybody's life experience is so different when we see police brutality and there's this massive now international movement to end it and uh, and to, to change so many things with how uh, how police are, are purporting themselves. It, it strikes home, I think, especially sharply with you. Sh- Sean Bell was your what nephew and he was shot and killed in New York. Yes, he was my nephew, and, and back in 2006, um, you know, he, he, uh, he was at his bachelor party um, at a club with some friends and uh, a couple of my other brothers, and, um, and he was getting married the next day, and so he was leaving the club. There was three undercover cops in the, the club, and... Uh, I'm assuming that one police officer, you know, just unidentified, misidentified, Sean, and, um, you know, pulled the gun out on him. And Sean obviously acted like any normal human being because he never said who he was and uh, uh, got in his car and tried to escape he and two of his friends. And uh, there was 50 rounds shot into the car and, he was killed. His two friends survived it. Um, uh, one of his friends was shot 14 times and, and survived survived it. But uh, uh, no drugs, no guns, no weapons, no nothing was. Uh, and um, it just and I think it's something in my case, uh, Doug. When it happened, I was a head coach in Miami, and this is uh, 14 years of not really talking about it and. Um, and I think at the time, you know, I was concerned, worried about my brand, maybe, I don't know, or afraid, not knowing what to say, how to say it, don't want to say the wrong thing, don't want to come off as a, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone that's a, against police, policing, uh, uh, you know, just so many things, so many factors. And, uh, I, I, and I, as I said yesterday, I was, I felt guilty. I felt shame. Uh, you know, as, as George Floyd uh, situation played out in front of us, um, and I, I, I told my brother yesterday because it was the first time I had a conversation about Sean and and speaking on it, and I apologized. And um, but it it was a tough time for our family, and I and that's something that stayed with me. And I never even talked about it with any of my teams until this team this year. Uh, and, and I think the reason for doing that was uh, to say to them it could happen to anybody. And we've all, as black men, taught our kids and have been taught how to uh, uh, engage the terms of engagement with uh, uh, policing, policemen in terms of how we should uh, act, you know, respect, ask questions, don't argue, show your hand. Um, and, uh, but in this case, in Sean's case, he didn't have that opportunity. And, uh, um, it was, um, it's a difficult time for our family, but I, I, it was, it, every time we see some of these incidents, it just brings back that pain that we as a family, uh, endured back in 2006. Um, did you, and look, I'm, and I'm, I'm in no way, uh, impugning your uh, level, like I, I, you, we know each other for a long time. Um, 
a lot of people don't know about it, so I'm not. But did you did you know about the race riots of the 1920s in Tulsa uh, before it been you know kind of brought to people's attention following George Floyd's death? I, I you know what I did not, and the re- and it's funny, Doug. Uh, not funny, but you know it's not taught in the history books here, and it's something that I think as I talk to people that's really a sensitive subject and. Uh, I did not know about it. And then obviously when I hear Russell Westbrook and LeBron James doing this documentary and learning about it, that's why I decided to do something with our team. To, and I think as a coach, Doug, and you know this, cause you, you know, we have a, a calling. We have a, uh, you know, to educate, to teach. That's what we do. We're coaches. And, and I looked at this as an opportunity to continue to educate our kids. And, We've had a couple of Zoom calls to talk about some things and to talk about George Floyd, but also talk about, you know, I sent them a link on, uh, you know, the, the, the Black Wall Street, and, and I asked them to watch it. Then the next week we, we talked about it, and, you know, something so historic is right here in our town, and I don't think, I, you know, I haven't interjected that with any of my teams here. And uh, so we, we wanted to have a unity walk, not a protest, a unity walk, uh, to show solidarity, to show um, uh, that we're unified. Uh, you know, I've got black players, white players, you know, and, and, and we have something we want to do to honor the three tragedies, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, Ahmaud Avery, and to have an educational piece of it at the end, uh, walking to Black Wall Street, uh, uh, the Greenwood uh, Culture Center. And, and it was... We, we did some, you know, putting it together in terms of how far the walk would be and, and, and able to honor those three uh, tragedies. And we started at 10 o'clock. We got together at 10 o'clock, and we started our walk at 1014, and 1014 is George Floyd's birthday. And then as we started our walk, we got to the end of Delaware. You know Delaware because you know Tulsa. We, yep. we paused and, 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 and had a moment of silence for 27 seconds. Brianna's birthday was that last Friday, and she turned 27, so we wanted to honor her. And then the walk from there to uh, the Culture Center was 2.23 miles. And uh, Ahmad Arbery's birthday is February 23rd. So that way we were able to honor all three of those and to uh, get there. And then it wasn't open, but just so happened we were able to communicate with someone in there, and they allowed us to go in. And uh, our players were able to see a lot of the, you know, stuff that was been archived and about, uh, you know, the uh, Black Black Wall Street, and uh, and and I think that's that was a great experience for us as a basketball team, and uh, and something that I think that we will continue to do in the future in terms of educating our our our, our young people. I had no idea the level of racism because I actually I I feel like Tulsa. Is is Tulsa's lot very midwestern? Is I mean, obviously you know you live there, but for people who don't, like, um, but I started to know the history of Tulsa and like, hey, did you know this happened? And guys on my team had talked who are from Oklahoma, like, did you know this? I had no idea, um, but mm-hmm. it is it is fascinating that in these moments and now uh, with your experience, now kind of learning about it, we're all kind of realizing even the flaws to how we've educated kids. Right. Like this is right. the, the, the bit. What are we teaching our children about history? What are we t- teaching children that they can use kind of in the future as a as a coach? 
in a, and, a, and as a father and as a mentor, and you mentor even guys that are still playing in the NBA today who you recruited going back to your days at Wake and, of course, at Texas, um, what, what, what should we be teaching our children? What, what are the, in your minds, what are the right messages that we need to, to relate, especially to our players? Well, you know, as I, I've talked to our guys about a couple things. As we, 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 you know, the, the George Floyd uh, murder situation has, has, has allowed us, as tragic as it was, it's, 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 I think we're, we're starting to see change. And it, it's, it's, it's given us a, a platform as coaches to have serious conversations that are uncomfortable and about a lot of things that, that and I think we got to continue to have this conversation in terms of teaching and educating our, our, our young people until they become comfortable. And, but to me, we talk about, we, we talk about a lot of things in terms of, I wish the world was a team because, you know, and you played on a team when you're in a locker room, a football locker room or a basketball locker room team, what are you teaching? You're teaching respect love for each other, play for each other, uh, care about each other, uh, doing things together. Uh, and that's what we need in, in a time of crisis. That this, you know, there, our, our country is in a lot of pain right now. And, but I do, I, I hope, I see, when I see uh, the, 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 the protesting and, and I see just as many white people as I see black people out protesting, that gives us all hope. I see it not just in the United States, but all over the world. I think this has spurned a lot of different feeling than we've had in the past when we have these situations. Uh, and this is for the generation after us. And I think that's what we're doing. If everyone would receive that, that you know, let's, let's, let's teach a little bit of love. Let's teach caring. Uh, for each one another. And I think the one thing we talk about, uh, other thing we talk about our guys is voting. And I know Coach Ravenel at, at, at Georgia Tech, uh, uh, his comments were so profound, so awesome, and an encouragement and giving, taking November 3rd off and, and, and but, but helping our kids understand, what the, you know, they have a voice. They can be a part of change. Uh, they can, uh, and it's not the, it's not about voting the, about for the presidency. It's about local. We want to, we taught our because we got guys from all over the country to ask the to and We want to help them understand, but they need to get educated on you know things that you you want to see happen in your communities. And you know you're you're you're, you're you know you're voting for city councilmen. You're voting for all kinds of things uh, that, that that are going on that, that that can create some change. And I think helping educate our young people to understand they have a voice is the most important thing. Frank, Frank, um, why'd you get into coaching? You know, I, I had a, my, my father, I moved down South from New York when I was a very young, uh, five years old. So I was raised by my grandparents, my grandmother, and my coaches were my father figures. I actually knew I wanted to coach my first team sport I played on. Was I was a ten-year-old Mike? I think it's Mike's a peewee football team, and Dr. Alan White was my football coach. He was also the athletic director at Elon College, and my my uh, people that I looked up to that had the the, the the impact on my life and growing up were my coaches. And I said, I want to do that. I wanted to impact young people like I've been impacted by my coaches. 
And I went through college. I couldn't get through it fast enough because I wanted, I thought I was going to be a high school coach and teach, I don't know, health and kidney senior PE, and that was going to be my career because those, people, those are the people that had the profound effect on me. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So, How'd you get your first job? So you get done with Elon College, right? And then how did you, how did you like, take me through the steps of which you actually became a coach there? Well, I, when I, when I decided, I, wanted, I didn't want to go far away from home. My grandmother was ill um, my senior year. And so I went to Elon, which is where I grew up. And as I said, the athletic director there was my first coach, Dr. Alan White. And, you know, first year, my, my, my grandmother passed away, and obviously I paid for my education. I didn't get a scholarship. I paid for schooling, uh, and I had all kinds of jobs. Uh, I, you know, I worked in a, a mill cleaning uh, machines. I, um, I, uh, I did floors. I stripped floors and polished floors. Uh, I cut grass. I, did every, I paid my education. And so after my freshman year, 
Dr. White came to me because I was going back to my high school and being a volunteer uh, football and basketball assistant. He came to me and said, listen, Frank, look, I got a proposition for you to help you with school. Uh, we want you to live in the gym. And we had this closet. It was literally it was like a closet. And we could turn it into a space where you could live and you took care of the gym. And, uh, and that's how it helped me. And I still had some loans, but that's how I finished up paying for school. And then I got involved with working with Bob Burton, who's uh, the head coach at Elon time. And uh, then I worked with Jerry Steele. I worked camps, worked seven, eight, seven straight weeks of camp with Jerry Steele. I started working five-star and prep stars. I got to know coaches through that in the summertime. But I would go out recruiting the, my, my junior and senior year in college. I had this 74 hatchback Pinto I would go recruiting in that had to put oil in every 100 miles because it would run out of oil. Uh, but, but that's how I got started, and uh, the rest kind of was history. And you know, when Dave Odom got the job at Wake Forest, Jerry Steele said, you got to hire this guy. And I was my first college job beyond Elon was I was a GA at Wake Forest for one year, and I became a full-time assistant with Kevin Easton right after that. And, and I popped around with a couple other places, working with some outstanding coaches, and Tony Baroni, uh, Rick Barnes, uh, Jerry Dunn, and, and, and uh, uh, Kevin Easton. So I've been very blessed getting into the profession, and then I had opportunities at, as a head coach at Miami and Missouri, and now at Tulsa. Um. I got a bunch to get. I, I got so many players. I want to. First time you saw Chris Paul was when? Oh, when he was a ninth grader. And he was a beast. That little sucker was so good. And uh, we were the first school to offer him. And, uh, um, you know, and actually, we. But, left. I, but I thought he didn't. I thought he didn't make varsity until like his junior year. Oh, no, no. That's, well, I don't know if he didn't make varsity. I saw him as a ninth grader. And Tim Fuller was assistant coach at East Forsyth High School. And Tim played at Wake Forest, so he told me about Chris. So I would go, I would see Chris, and uh, we offered him. I'm, I'm, we offered him his tenth grade year, and uh, at Wake Forest, and then he ended up, you know, Skip recruited him. Process Dave took the job at South Carolina during his senior year, and uh, and, it, and it got a little hairy there for for uh, Wake, but uh, I think they were always going to get him uh, because he's right there, a hometown guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, how the, the town you, you, you mentioned, you mentioned Skip, um, Tony Baroni, who passed away. Um, Dave Odom, who of course you work for. Let me start with, with, with Dave Odom. What, what's your, if you were to say, Hey, D- this, this is what made Dave Odom special, different, unique. What would it be? You know, Dave was always under control. I mean, he never, you never felt like he lost his composure during the games, um, he handled any type of adversity with calmness. Um, uh, and I think that's the one thing I took from him. You know, he never got too high. He never got too low. <laughs> it's funny. You watch those moments, uh, those back-to-back ACC championships, and he calmly walks over and sits on the bench when everybody's going crazy. Uh, but that, that was days. And, and I don't – you know, you know, tough losses, great wins. He was the same guy. And uh, he was always very much glass half full kind of guy and uh, kept things in perspective. And, and, I, and I appreciate his calmness and, uh, and allowing me to grow as a coach. I mean, I think Dave was – I was so blessed to work with guys that 
really allowed me as a young coach to be involved with everything, every aspect that it, 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 it is to be a, become a head coach. And, and Dave was so good to me in that regard. Um, your career trajectory, I felt like, took off when you got to work with Rick Barnes. Um, Not that it hadn't been building, but the level of guys you were guys able to recruit and Texas was really kind of killing it. And you were known as the, you know, the guy, that's one of the things that allowed you to get that Miami job. Um, Okay. So you're, you're at wake. You're from, you know, I mean, you're from New York technically, but you grew up in Carolina. Um, Mm -hmm. How, how did the move to Texas take place? You know, I got to know Rick when he was at Clemson. Um, you know, he was, if you recall Rick's time at Clemson, he was a, he was a tough dude now. Uh, um, but seeing him on recruiting trails and, and talking to him, you know, Rick's a personable guy. We're both from North Carolina. He went to Lenore Ryan. I went to Elon, you know, old Carolina conference guys. Uh, so we had a lot in common conversations. And Rick tried to hire me, um, when I came back to Wake, Rick tried to hire me. I was there two or three years, and we started recruiting. Like, I recruited Josh Howard, Barry Sangala, and I wasn't ready. I said, i got to see it through here, Coach. I couldn't do it. This when he got the Texas job uh, a year after he, was, he lost Ricky Stokes, and I stayed. I said, but Coach, if it ever opens again, I'll, I'll consider it. And, uh, and then Rob Lemire leaves. And takes a Sienna job, and then he, and and I I went, and it was an easy transition because that's when Dave left Wake and was going to South Carolina, and uh, so I uh, I went to Texas with Coach, and and obviously Coach turned Texas around. I, I don't know if people understand where the program was. I mean, I think you know they were solid, but Coach took Texas to another level, and. Uh, you know, the guys we recruited then, it all started with T.J. Ford. Uh, but, you know, because it, it wasn't quite, quite cool yet to go to Texas being from Texas. And T.J. made it cool to go to Texas. Um, and he was the first one. And then, obviously, from Daniel Gibson to LaMarcus Aldrich. But one of my greatest recruits there was one that nobody hardly recruited, and that was P.J. Tuck, Tucker. Nobody recruited P.J., and I remember bringing <laughs> – uh, PJ's name, the coach, and I, I just saw, I, I, I went to North Carolina, I saw PJ play, uh, cause I have roots here in North Carolina, I would go back and recruit, and he played a kid, oh, you probably remember his name, uh, Shavlik Randolph, sure. who was the number one player in the country, and I was at the game, and PJ had like 40 and 20, some crazy number, and, uh, 20 rebounds, and I remember going back to coach, this kid is a, is something special. And the coach was like, what was this? He said, I don't know. He used to play. I don't know where, I don't know where you put him at on the court. And, uh, he said, why ain't Carolina or Duke or even Wake Forest or any of those recruiting? Coach, I don't know. I mean, but I think he can, I know he can play for us. And the first, we signed him and I don't coach never saw him, but he did call his buddy John Lentz to verify that he could play. John Lentz was the head coach of North Rancho. Yeah, Frank's right. He's a good player. So, uh, first workout, PJ, is awful. I mean, god awful. He throws up in the trash can. He's out of shape. And, uh, our river coach just killing me about him. Uh, it actually started killing me when he was on his visit because we went to this place and, and, uh, PJ, PJ ordered like five lobster tails, fried lobster tails. <laughs> and they were so 
expensive and big as whooping those bad boys down one bite. And uh, but uh, he uh, he ended up being a pretty good one. And uh, he left after three years. And obviously he was a uh, Big Twelve Player of the Year, and uh, and he's still playing in the NBA. You you get your first job at Miami. Uh, what's that like? You like you've been doing you've been doing it for fifteen years or so, and now you're the head coach at a big time program. What do you remember about your first days on the job there? Yeah, first when I got here, which is pretty awesome. Leonard Hamilton flew in. Uh, he was the head, he did just became the head coach at Florida State. You know, he he was a former head coach in Miami. He went coach the Wizards. He flew in and he met me, and uh, and he took me around town and gave me some advice. And I was, you know, I, obviously I got to know Coach Le- Coach Hamilton a little bit through the profession. But the fact that he took, his, I was thought it was kind of you know we were competitors now we we're going to be competing against each other. But he showed me around town, explained, you know, people I needed to know in town, uh, and and that, and that was unbelievable in terms of giving me some comfort level. Um, but I felt good about the opportunity, even though the program was struggling at the time. Uh, we went through some tough times in terms of they were making a transition from the Big East back to the ACC, and um, you know we we were able to in seven years, five years of postseason, even though you know one NCAA tournament, five NITs, that was still an upgrade from where the program was. And Miami was a program that needed a lot. We built the practice facility. There's a lot of things that needed done to upgrade the program to get it to the level it needed to be to be consistently uh, competitive in the ACC. And, and Jim's done a tremendous job after me uh, taking it to another level. But, uh, but it was a, um, you know, I was 38 years old. And, um, you know, I, you know we, we were able to get some things accomplished here in terms of the type of teams we built. And uh, that team, Jack McClinton, had the coach a kid that, and I think, Doug, you did one of our games in, in, yeah. in New York, uh, St. John's. We played St. John's. Jack McClinton became an unbelievable player here that would transfer from Tiana, and he's got a number in the Raptors. Uh, one of the all-time leading three-point shooters in the ACC um, and um, had a tremendous career at Miami. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was, before I knew I was going to have you on, I was researching, and I remember, like, I saw your second game at Miami, you lost to South Carolina State, and I just wonder right. what, like, that, can you compare that to, like, a couple years later, you guys start out 12-0, and you win a preseason tournament, you beat VCU and Providence and Mississippi State and St., you know, St. John's. What, I mean, what's that like from early on where you're, I, and I don't know if you ever question yourself, like, man, yeah. is this thing going to work, to all of a sudden, it takes a couple years. What's it like when it hits, when you're like, this will work? Well, you know, I think when you have uh, – I've been very blessed uh, when we talked about some of the people I've worked for and, and, and people that I could call and, and rely on in terms of from a, their experiences. And, um, you know, George Raveling was uh, someone else that I leaned on. And, you know, that's not going to state was, you know, I open but I think – you know, I felt like we had some solid players that, that we could build on, but, you know, it was just being consistent. I had good people working with me. You know, you have to have a good staff. You know, you're only as good as the people around you that kept me encouraged and motivated. 
and uh, and my family. You know, my wife was tremendous, and you know, I had this opportunity, and I I knew I was prepared because of the the coaches that I've worked for to give me the to give me the tools uh, that I needed to be successful, and and I I embraced those opportunities that I had. I you know I tell young coaches this all the time. I, if you, whoever you work for, you don't just, particularly being a young African-American coach in this business, you get labeled as just a recruiter. You know, I get my first job because, uh, you know, I was able to have the number one recruiting class in the country with LaMarcus Aldrich and Daniel Gibson and Mike Williams and all those guys. But you better be able to handle all the things that, that come along with being a head coach. You better be able to do speaking engagements. You better be able to do radio interviews. You better be able to uh, do scheduling. How do you learn if you don't know how, right? Like, how, like yeah. the speaking, speaking stuff. You're very good at it, but you've always, I mean, I, I, we met when you were at Texas, and like you've never, you've never been somebody who like, well, that guy really needs to work on his presentation. But how, if, you, if that's not something you do naturally well, how do you work on it? You, you, you got you, you learn, you get better by doing. And I was fortunate enough to have coaches. Like, I, when we would play on Big Mondays, you know, in the Big 12, Rick Barnes wouldn't do that. Call. We had, our, we had our, our, uh, our conference calls on Monday. So I would do his, his, his part of conference calls on Mondays when we play on Big Monday with the radio and answer questions. Uh, so you, you learn, you get better at it by doing. And I, I tell young coaches, you can't, like, you're, gonna, you're not going to be good at it the first time you do it, you know. Kim English, who worked for me, the first time he did a scouting report, he struggled. Kim English is one of the, he's, he's a stud. He is a star in this business. But he'll tell you the first time he did a scouting report, he struggled. And I think you learn, you get better by doing, and and you can't be discouraged. You got it's like riding a bike, right? You fall, you get you get you got to get back on that bike and ride it again. And you get better by continuing to be persistent, continue to do it, continue to work on it, continue to practice, and 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 then and but 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 you have to actually do it. I think that's how you get better. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. 
They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Why the Missouri job? Yeah, you know, I was here seven years and I enjoyed Miami. We still own our home in Miami, Doug, and um, the traction there at that time was the, 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 the fan base, the, 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 the rapid fan base, the energy, the, um, and, you know, I just wanted it, wanted something different. And, uh, uh, but what I love what we had, cause I thought we had created a program that was going to be just take off here at Miami and, and Jim came in and obviously they did, but we had a lot of young guys here and it was hard for me. And I was really emotional telling those guys that I was leaving. And because I knew with Daquan Jones and, and we had Kenny Kaji sitting out, we had, you know, um, we had so many guys, uh, you know, Reggie Jones that were, were really, we were going to be really, really good. Malcolm Grant, Durant Scott, I mean, we were going to be really good. Um, but I wanted, I wanted something different. And uh, um, it was tough, but I, you know, Three years, we won 76 games at Missouri. You know, three straight postseason. We, and we lose. That first team was terrific. There was, there was yes. senior laden. Uh, we only had seven scholarship players, win 30 games. Uh, but we also won 46 games the next two years. And we had recruited well enough to continue some success there. Um, um, but I, you know, I, and I enjoyed my time at Missouri. I had a, I had a great experience there because we were really good. Had a great fan base, um, and you know, at that time, I just felt like I wanted something different. I wanted to try something different. I was young enough, you know, um, to do it. And um, but I enjoyed my time there, and we, you know, I, we still, like I said, we still have great friends, great relationships here in Miami because this is probably going to be our home whenever we, we hang it up. You, you mentioned that first team, of course, was famous for not just having seven scholarship players, but you guys, you were the first to really, really commit to true small ball. Like, we played small when I was at Oklahoma State, and we had Mason at the four, uh, but Ricardo Bratliff as, you know, just a, a just a junkyard dog inside as your five, 
and the Pressy Boys. Kim was really your foreman, right? Who's like a point for point power forward, and Marcus Denman. How'd that come to? Was it was that just? Um, uh, what is the what is the was the uh, what is it? Necessity is the root of all invention, or was that the plan <laughs> yeah. the second you got there? It wasn't the plan, and uh, you know, Lawrence Powers was an all conference player uh, towards ACL. I was out recruiting, and he tears his ACL, and so you know, we really didn't have a lot of size. Uh, you know, we had a kid, Kadeem Green, was a freshman that was redshirt a year before, and he ended up leaving middle of the year, and, and, and it was one of those things where I, I looked at our team and I said, we got to have our best players out here. And, you know, Kenny was, and I called Kenny in, and, 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 and he'll tell you a story verbatim. I said, Kim, I, I, we're going to have to probably play you at the four, and I need you, I know you vision yourself being an uh, off-guard in the NBA, and, 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 but you're going to play like a guard and you're going to play this position. But you're smart enough and you're, you're, you're tough enough to be able to handle it on both ends of the floor. Obviously, they're going to have a tough time guarding you. But you're going to be good enough to do it on the defensive end. And now we'll give up some things, but here's what I want you to focus on. Just keeping your guy off the glass. Just keep your guy off the glass, and you're going to be – and with your quickness, you'll, you'll have your way. And we played Kansas twice that year. And Kimmy, I'll love to tell you this, the, I mean, Jeff Whitney was a seven-footer in a garden because Ricardo had to guard Thomas Robinson. And Jeff Whitney struggled two times against Kim. And, uh, but Kim was intelligent. He was in front of him. He would, you know, he, he was stripping him on the way on his turn. And then he had a, you know, a hard time guarding him. But they ended up, you know, I give Bill credit. They ended up putting a guard on him on the other end, too, the second time we played him. Um, but, um, it was something. And then I, and then we just had a system where we taught spacing. Those guys really were comfortable with sharing the ball. And that was, that was something I thought coming from the year before. They, I mean, they have a lot of assists, but, you know, Marcus Denman and Kim English, Ricardo, they, they were scores. And, and even Mike Dixon, they were all scores. But getting them to understand it doesn't matter. There's going to be some guys tonight. we got enough guys that can score uh, that we, they shared the ball like crazy, Doug. And, and it's still to this day, I think the numbers of that team, offensive points per possession, is one of, one of the – since they started doing that, one of the best in the country in terms of once they started doing that stat. Um, and we were, we were late. We had a big man that shot 72% or 70% from the floor. Uh, and then those guys were so good at, you know, when we got space and they could play in space uh, and they could shoot. So you, you really struggle figuring out how to defend them, you know. And, you know, could you, if you got up on them, they all could handle the ball well enough to deck it. To go by you if you stayed off them they well they all could shoot it and so but we also had a threat inside if we, we, we didn't make jump shots which allowed that to open up the perimeter game so it was um that was a team that uh you know that was determined to they were they, they had good leadership with marcus and kenny and and i really believed uh, when you look at that team that team is really good but if mike dixon Stays with us the next year. I thought that team was going to be even better because we had Phil, Mike, and then we had recruited. You know, Lawrence Bowers came back. We had Alex Wojcicki, we had Jabari Brown, uh, we had Keon Bell. That team was super, super talented and had a chance to be really good. But then we lost Mike Dixon uh, before the season got going. Um, 
if someone were, if 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 you wanted to make a statement about how and why it ended at Missouri, right? What what would a what would what would you want people to understand? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I had, I had a great. My family loves Columbia, and um, my daughter's she dances competitively, and the the dance company that she packed is tremendous in helping her get her start. Um, my wife loved the college town. Um, it, it was. It was one of those things, Doug, that, uh, you know, I just, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I had, you know, I was told at that time that, you know, I was getting an extension and, uh, uh, and then it didn't happen. And, and, you know, from a professional standpoint, uh, you get nervous. You got you to look out for your family. You got to do what's best for your family. And I didn't feel good uh, about that situation because of that, uh, you know. And and there's nothing. I didn't take anything personal. I just it's just that I felt like I had to do something. I had to do what was best for my family. And at that point in time, um, you know, I felt we were successful and we were going to continue to be successful. Um, um, and uh, but. Um, but not, I wasn't confident that, uh, that the, they had enough confidence in me and supporting me to continue to be their head coach. And that's just being honest. And, uh, uh, but, you know, like I said, there's no hard feelings because I love Mizzou. I still root for Conzo to do well there. I have a lot of passion for that university and what it stands for. And, and, uh, uh, but that was a tough decision for me to make, uh, at that time. But, you know, obviously, the only thing that was on my mind was doing what was best for me and my family. You get to Tulsa, and obviously, the, anybody who knows anything about basketball, Tulsa went through, has had some amazing coaches, right? I mean, they had a run right. there, you know, where you had Tubby, Steve Robinson, Bill Self, Buzz Peterson, right? Like, where you're like, man, just kind of lining right. up coach after coach. Um, right. And, you know, you can go back, obviously, to the early, mid-80s when they had Nolan as, as their head coach. Great history. Uh, of being competitive, but but there was there were some dormant years. Of course, you replaced Danny Manning, who had taken to the NCAA tournament. What what what'd you when you first got to Tulsa? A lot of people thought hey, he's going to be there for a year or two, then he's going to move on. That's what everybody does at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, right. When you first when you first got on boots on the ground in Tulsa, what'd you think? Yeah, I was excited about a uh, you know obviously when you take a new job, you're excited about another start, and uh, you know I knew about the tradition of the program, but I knew we were going to be we were going to have a different challenge on our hands, Doug, because we were going to take on a, uh, you know, a job that was going to be joining a, a conference at a different level. You know, the American Conference is obviously a lot different than Conference USA and playing the competition that we were playing. I mean, UConn had just won a national championship uh, two years prior, and, uh, and we were joining a conference with the national champion in it. So, um and I, I, but obviously, I think you look at my career. I've, I've had jobs where we were taking over jobs. You know, when I came to Miami, we were just joining uh, the ACC. When I when I went to Missouri, we were only in the Big Twelve. We had, and we went to the SEC. And and um, you know, obviously, the move there, Conference USA, was a huge jump. It was a different jump than those those other jumps. 
And uh, but I was excited about the opportunity. We had some really good players in our program. I mean, James Woodard and Shaquille Harrison were really good players. And uh, those guys are that backcourt. When you got good guards, you know, and you know this, you're you're a really good guard on the team. And you, you know, when you got good guards, you got a chance. And uh, so I felt like we had a chance. And obviously, we were able to get back to the tournament my second year. Um, um, and and Shaquille Harrison is still playing the NBA. And here's a guy's a two star recruit that's playing the NBA. And uh, uh, Danny did a good job here. And I, I and I'd say Doug Wojcik, uh, who recruited a lot of those. Players too. They had, there were some good, solid players here, and uh, we were a senior laden team, uh, what well, junior laden team, and um, and we were able to, you know, since we've been in this league, uh, we've won the third most games in this league. I don't know that people know that uh, behind Cincinnati and, and Houston, and uh, you know, we won more games than Memphis and, and Temple and, and other traditional rich basketball clubs in this league. But uh, but I but I was excited for the challenge of. You know, taking over a team that's got some great tradition and uh, joining a league that had some really good basketball, good coaches. And uh, and, um, and I looked at it as a great opportunity uh, to continue to grow. And and, and, uh, and, and, and and I was excited about, it, you know, and now then we had Wichita State. And I think this it's, uh, it's been a great transition for them in this league and helping our league. And I think our league is perceived to be one of the better leagues in the country. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Um, then you, you, you finally get it right, right? You get to your kind of the sweet spot where this year you're in first place in the league. And now you can't go. An NCAA tournament appearance was a definite. Was pretty much a definite, right? <laughs> and then it gets it gets it gets canceled, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like. I think. I mean, I the only. I mean, I you know, we can. It was a weird year. We, I can't. I couldn't see you not getting in. You know, you beat Houston. Um, you guys are playing well, well going. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you beat Houston, and you, and you would and you would have had an opportunity. To, you would have had an opportunity had the conference tournament been played. You beat those teams a second time, which would have it would have been end of end of discussion, right? But you beat, you right. know, it's not you had road wins as well. It wasn't just that you'd won home games. Um, I mean, your team had gotten better as the year went on. I mean, all, you check kind of all the boxes for me. What looks and feels like an NCAA tournament team, you win your league. What, what's that? What, what's it been like though for um, for kind of the dormancy of three months after really having your team rolling and expecting to get an NCAA tournament berth? It was tough, you know, and, and it's funny. We were all at the tournament, conference tournament, and uh, you had the first round by, and you, you're starting to see the buzz with the cancellations of tournaments. And, and we got that word. We had to relay that to our team. Uh, I mean, we had, we had two seniors uh, that were terrific, terrific student-athletes. And Martin Zibano, first-team all-leaguer, and, and Lawson Corita. And the, the 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 conversation and then the the look on their face of emotion um, was tough. It was tough, and then we you know we drove to the tournament and we that drive back was tough. And then going in the locker room uh, and visiting with those guys when we got back, I mean, just the finite of that was just incredible. I mean, I mean, how do you end the season? I've never obviously nobody has ended the season just like that. And uh, and we had a team that. I think the way we played, Doug, you know, you established yourself as a coach and you talked about how we played at Missouri and, you know, you do different things. And But the way that team played defense, I thought gave us a chance to really be a problem for people in, in, in postseason play. And I, I felt like and we were, we were a confident team. And, you know, when you get your team to play to a level where they believe in what they're doing, you got rotations, you got – you got roles defined, and everybody's buying in. Now you feel good about you got something special because that's all. That's it's hard to get to that point, right? You know, when you're building your team throughout the year, when you finally feel like you're at that point where everybody understands their role, they embrace it. They understand it and they embrace it. You, you, you know, you you got confidence in how you're playing. You know how you want to play. They, I mean, in terms of your your execution, um, and I felt like. It was it was it was a tough time, and uh, um, but you know it was the right call, you know, in terms of what was going on in our country, um, and I, I think that uh, whereas I was disappointed and hurt for our, our seniors and our program, but it was the right call. Um, okay, now you have as much as you, know, you lose Igbanu, who's a he was a monster, right? Just an absolute monster, six eight, two thirty five, 
really, really talented kid. But most of your team is back next year. How have you like? How challenging has it been to re-recruit him, them, get your new guys kept? Like, what what has this been like for you? It's such a uh, um, you know uh, different, right? Because we 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 you know we had to we signed three guys or four guys this spring uh, without even them visiting, and so that's been tough. You know, and and keeping your guys engaged, and um, you know when when you know there, there there's a moment of nothing, right? No gym, no, you can't be anywhere but you know isolated. And but but continuing to visit with those guys is extremely important. And, and at the level where we're at, you know, where this you know transfer epidemic is has become uh, something that's uh, prevalent and. Uh, um, but I, I will I will tell you that we you know we've done a really good job of uh, spending time with our players, uh, talking with them, um, uh, you know, and, and 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 with the Zoom with the technology we have today with Zoom calls, uh, and we're able to have a really good recruiting class too. I'm excited about that will give us some pieces. Uh, missing Ibano is going to be tough because he's a first team All League, and even Lawson too. Although Lawson's numbers uh, don't really say what his value was to our team and he was a he's, he's, he's tremendous in the locker room but also execution and you understand this Doug execution wise he's unbelievable on both ends of the floor and those things don't show up in the stats like he was always in the right place in our matchup zone he was always where he needed to be in terms of rotating taking a charge or you know uh, uh, you know the, in, in terms of the rules in our zone and and then on offense, in terms of movement, ball movement, what about having that guy? And you were this guy, that one guy on your team that moved the ball, that you could a- absolutely count on when you know when you needed ball movement. That ball gets you know vel- you know sticky, no velcro. You want that ball to start sticking. You want that one guy when he got it, he was going to reverse it, and sure. and and could knock down an open shot when he had it. But but that's what Lawson brought to this team. So we'll miss those two guys, but we had two guys sitting out of really good, two Oklahoma kids. Um, Curtis Haywood, the transfer from Georgia Tech, and and Keyshawn Embry Simpson, the transfer from Arkansas. So I think our perimeter game will be really, really good. Uh, you know, we've got we have to see what we we will have to be, um, our our post position will be have to man by three different guys rotating in there. Um, uh, I, we won't get Martin's numbers by any one person, but hopefully right. collectively we'll be able to get yeah. something. But I do like what we will get from our perimeters in terms of what Keyshawn and Curtis bring and then Brandon Rochelle, who's an all-league performer, coming back. So I think we have a chance to be pretty good, but, you know, time will tell. And I said this about last year's team, we'll pick 10. So, you know, uh, time will tell, you know, in terms of how we develop and how we come together uh, throughout the season. Last thing, um, you have a a great relationship and a good affinity for, for Rick Barnes. I I didn't like him when we played against him because I didn't know he was so sarcastic, <laughs> right? I didn't, didn't like, you know, as a kid, I had no idea. And, um, I mean, I'd known him for a long time, sort of through Larry Shiat, who recruited the West Coast mm-hmm. back when they were Providence. And I like Coach Shiat, but I just didn't get, and then I got to know Rick Barnes. Like, he's the best. He's an unbelievable <laughs> dude. Um, if give me, give somebody one story like this, here's Rick Barnes in a nutshell. Go. Oh my God. I mean, where, I mean, where do I start? This guy was like, 
I mean, oh man, I, I tell you the one, the one of my favorite stories about Rick. Uh, we were Final Four, uh, two thousand and three. We're in the Final Four. Uh, we're playing Syracuse, and Rick is in the locker room. And I would always sit with him and joke with him and talk to him. And I'm serious. I mean, I'm kind of in and out, go get a bottle of water. And I walk back in the locker room, and the sucker's dead, dead to the bone, sleep. He's out of it. And uh, I don't bother him. I was like, man, I, I mean, I could almost hear him snore. I mean, he was so, he was, he was, he was stoned out of it. And all of a sudden, Rick Barnes, when the guys walk back in, he could turn it right on like, like a light switch. Yeah. And, uh, that was that's so, that guy's so impressive and and you know he you know the one thing that I learned from coach is adaptability and you know when we got T.J. Ford and you know you his Clemson teams they were so motion oriented and, and ball movement you know cutting and they they had those two big physical guys who were blocker screeners and and then when we got T.J. Ford he was you know you put that ball in his hand you let him play so. To me, being able to adjust to your personnel, to me, that's coaching. That's what I learned from coach. You know, being, being a, having the, 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 the trust in yourself and not being fearful to change. And he was so good at that. And, and, and I, I love him for giving me that quality. You know, when I look at my career as a head coach, I haven't been afraid to change and to learn. And, 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 and you know, every year you're learning. You, don't, you either get better or you get worse. You don't stay the same. And uh, he, he's, he's one of those guys that is always looking at new ways to get some things done. And, uh, you know, I think his defense has been pretty staple. But although I think he's changed that a little bit in terms of his aggressiveness on the ball, and that's kind of coming on a little bit. But, uh, but he's a special man. I mean, I love him. He's, he's you know, he's, he's, one, he's one of my best friends. And I love him for what he's done for me and my family and rely on him. And, um, and you know, you've been around him. The, the guy's never had a dull moment. I mean, the guy's, uh, nope. he's full of fun and, 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 uh, my wife absolutely loves Rick and he's just so joyful and, yeah. um, he's just a great person. You know, he goes yep. out of his way to, to do things for you. Now, he still has a insurance policy on, on my son that he paid wow. and that he started. I mean, I, and I worked for him, I don't know what, 16 years ago, 17 years ago. And uh, we took it over, but he started it. And uh, he's just a good human being and uh, loves people. Yeah, I, I, I the, where we started is kind of where we ended, right? Because the, this yeah. is why basketball guys, I think, struggle so much and coaches struggle so much with the idea of racism. Because what you said, like, look, you, you got to learn, you got to evolve, you got to adjust. And if you can't learn, evolve and adjust to the changing times and how views have changed and how people have changed, how you need to treat them, then you're going to be a dinosaur and you're going to be left behind. The same is true in life as, as it is in sports. Is that fair? That's absolutely fair. And that's a great segue to what we just talked about. That's awesome. But that's exactly the way life is and what you just said. And if you don't, if you're not willing to change and adapt, uh, you, you'll become stale and you, and you retard your development. And that's, that's that's life, and I and I that's awesome, Doug. I appreciate you for saying that. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, you've always been kind to me. You always have an unbelievable staff. I can't believe you have Jerry Wayne. We haven't told any Jerry Wainwright stories. Those will probably remain <laughs> off air. Um, but in the meantime, take take care of your family and your team. Can't wait to see you guys back in the Reynolds Center next year. And, and thanks for joining me. God 
God bless you, Doug. Thank you. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Let me go from Frank Hayes to uh, Brandon Goble. Now, I, we're in this kind of really odd new world, right, where my dad for years had uh, Branch West basketball, and he, he was like a placement service. And actually, for years, he did it for free, where he would have his players and he would find the right fit. And his belief was, you know, anybody wants to play college basketball is good enough in to start in their high school. We can find a place for you to play. If you have grades, whether you play or not, you just make the team. There's so many different levels to it, or at least before COVID-19 and quarantine and the economy there, there were a lot of levels to it. Um, but then he basically ran a placement service and, you know, you'd pay him to come evaluate your kid. Then he put together a highlight tape and then he'd say, hey, look, if I get you to this level, this is the level I think your kid can play at. You pay me X, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Brandon does this, you know, goodness of his heart, unbelievable service to the kids. He just loves ball. And they go around the country, around the world. They put on camps and they try and discover kids. And then 
you know, bring the taste back and send them out to, you know, put it on Twitter and just try and help. It's about the players. You can follow him on Instagram. Um, and of course you can follow him on Twitter as well at Juco advocate. He's, he's, uh, He's become a good friend, and I think this is the perfect day to have him on as uh, Brandon Goble joins us here in the All Ball podcast. Br- Brandon, let me, let me start with this. This is just a weird year. There's no hutch, right? So anybody who knows anything about Juco basketball, you know, like that's what team needs a guy late in the year, and hutch is different now, and Juco basketball is different now than it's ever been. How different from your perspective as a guy who's covered this for years, you really know players and recruiting and is – the the spring recruiting non recruiting period. So it was it was definitely interesting to see as everything kind of fell apart um, really fast, right? Like there was a lot of people that were just kind of still doing their normal recruiting stuff, saying, "Hey, we're going to wait till Hutch." You know, we're not going to really hit some of the conference tournaments and things. Like Hutch is going to be fine. I'm sure, everything's going to be fine. I was getting ready to go to Paris and run a camp over there and stuff, and then all of a sudden, everything just like collapsed. And, and so now all of a sudden these coaches are going, we have these scholarships sitting here that we haven't done anything with. We haven't really dug in all that deep. We were waiting for Hutch, and now what do we do? And, and so all of a sudden, uh, Synergy, right? Synergy was, was spiking. Like their views on, on junior college stuff was going up anyways in January and February as people were kind of preparing. But their uh, their usage for junior college film just went through the roof. I mean, it's it's the most it's ever been by leaps and bounds. And so people were suddenly hammered, hammering tape and and just trying to figure it all out and and uh, you know making a million phone calls and and it just it was a little bit chaotic, honestly. Um, guys were getting offers from places that you're like, oh man, like that's you know that's too high or you know that doesn't make any sense or you know it was just. I think guys didn't know what to do, and so there was a little bit of a panic that set in, and it's, it's chilled out some since then. But um, it was it was wild for a little bit. Who's been uh, Who's been the most impressive, like in terms of some of their late gets that you've noticed? Yeah, I think Kansas State actually did a really good job with getting Rudy Williams, and I know that saying like a high major and, and, and stuff is uh, kind of odd in the sense that like they should be able to get just about anybody that they want, but. That was a really important one. Uh, point guards are really difficult to kind of lock down uh, these days in junior college. There's just not well, a lot plus, of true plus, point guards, right? And, and they lost the, and they lost their point guard to transfer too. I mean, you know, so yeah. that's a yeah. You can, and, you cannot Rudy, play Rudy without was a point probably guard. Probably arguably the best point guard in the class, and to get him late like that with all of the the wild stuff going on, I think that was I think that was a huge move because a lot of the other big guys signed early. Um, you know, I think BYU grabbing Gideon George late was like an all year process for them. Um, and they were able to kind of take advantage of the fact that they were able to sneak in a visit right at the last second before everything went crazy when he went and visited during the Gonzaga weekend. Um, that was a big one for them too. What, what happens with the Oklahoma State recruit with Cade Cunningham? What do you think happens? Oh, man. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Cade just sticks it out for a year. I yeah. think he knows that regardless of postseason or not, you know, what he does this season can still mean a lot. And there's just so many unknown weird things going on right now. Anybody making any sort of drastic decision is taking a big risk. I, I, here's what I've been told. I've been told the G League is telling these kids, hey, there's not going to be a college basketball season. So you're hanging around for nothing. You know, then the argument against the G League has been, you know, why would you want to play even if you're making money? 
play meaningless games. And so the G League, in turn, for, for Cade Cunningham, says, like, yeah, our games don't necessarily mean anything, but neither does Oklahoma State. You can't play for a conference tournament, and you can't play in the NCAA tournament. At, at least you can make some money. And I've been told he was offered a crazy amount of money back in December and January, and that, that amount might even go up. At the end of the day, if the money makes sense for him or something, I mean, I guess you can never really knock a guy on that. But I think there's this there's this huge misconception about out there of what the G League is and what the G League looks like when you play in it. I mean, these are a bunch of guys that, for all intents and purposes, most of them should be in the NBA, but there's just not enough spots. There's players that at any given moment could contribute to a team. So now you're in this different style of basketball that's that's somewhat difficult to evaluate, especially if you're a new guy that's coming in there. Um, but if you go to a place like Oklahoma State even for a year and you don't play in the conference tournament, you don't play in the NCAA tournament, but you have an entire season of your non-conference and Big 12 basketball, I mean, G League, G League is fine and all, but I, I just I feel like there's a lot to be made for him if he takes that chance and goes to college for a year. I, I totally – listen, I agree. Like, you're, what do you mean? You're missing out on one or two Big 12 tournament games, maybe an NCAA tournament game or two, you know, like maybe three. Like, let's not – Let's not act like they would be the best team in the country. They'd have a chance to be really good. And obviously it sucks, but your brother's there. You get a chance to play for your brother for a year. Um, you get a chance to be part of a team. In, in, in your mind, I know Jalen Green is going to the G League. If you were if you were going to take a kid in the end, those two, who would you take? I'm probably taking Cunningham. Why? I just think, I think at the end of the day, what he does for me is an easier translation. So I got to I got to watch him a little bit last summer, um, and and I just I just thought that what he does is is going to translate up a lot easier. I, I agree. Like, I, th- I think he's I think he's a better basketball player. I think Jalen Green is a freak athlete who will make more jaw dropping plays that look good, you know, on social media and on highlights. But Cade Cunningham really really knows how to play basketball, and he can play multiple positions. Like he checks so many boxes for what you need, not to be a good player, but to be a great player in the NBA. Green has this level of burst that few guys have, but there's some other kind of holes. He's becoming a better shooter, but he's got to be a better shooter. And, you know, I, I don't, whereas I don't know, if Kate, like Cade doesn't have to go to a team and be the best player immediately, and he can still be really, really effective. Whereas it feels like Jalen Green's only kind of played in a style in which he's, give me the ball, I'm going to just go get a bucket, you know? Right, and when you, when you look at some of you know, even big names in the NBA, not the biggest names, right? Like we're not talking about LeBron's and, and Kevin Durant's and things like that that are just freak shows. But when you look at a lot of the guys in the NBA, guys that are successful, there's not a ton of them that do something that just is, you know, out of the stratosphere athletically or something like that. There's a lot of really good basketball players. And I think if you're a really good basketball player like Cade, like you said, that's going to translate faster. Now, Green could get there. You know, if he continues to improve, develop, and then all of a sudden you add that to the fact that he is a freak athlete. But right away, right off the bat, I'm probably taking K just because I know I'm getting a better basketball player right away. You know what? What I love about your site, by the way, the site is verbalcommits.com. What I love about your site is it it, it breaks it down through class and guys that you're offering, and I think the whole thing's fascinating. But we we did start to talk about the G League thing, and my my deal is with the G League, like it's it in theory it should be great right you take a handful of the kids that don't really want to go to college that are really good enough you hand but the problem is what we always see is 
Now there's going to be 100 kids that think they're one of the five kids that can go, right? And do they lock in on their and, – and, oh, yeah, by the way, like, what do you do, for example, UCLA? Like, UCLA, that, that sucks. You know, you, the, second, the second that that staff got the job, they had one focus. Got uh, uh, Dacian Nix, right, who's in Vegas. Like, that's the guy we need to go get. And they move mountains to do everything. They get him to commit. They get him to sign. He, he's in. And then late in the game, the G League comes in and says, well, what if we paid you two hundred fifty grand?" Now, you know, look, they still have Tyga, so they're, they'll be okay. Um, how do you think this G League thing affects not just what you do, but the overall landscape of college basketball recruiting? You know, I think it's something that is going to be a little chaotic to start with and, and will probably find its place, um, you know, much like when we were drafting straight out of high school. Uh, you know, there were guys that, that got drafted and they made their money, you know, so you can't really blame them for that. They got drafted, but they flamed out and, and people kind of went back and forth on, you know, taking high school guys or maybe they should be taking more high school guys. And it kind of found its level before they shut that all down. And I think that's probably what's going to end up happening with the G League, because at the end of the day, if you've got, you know, 30, 40, 50 kids, whatever it ends up being that decide to go straight to the G League and only a few of them pan out, which is what is going to happen. People are kind of probably start rethinking that pretty quick. Um, you know, it's I, I don't I don't love the fact that the NBA is using um, you know the the D League and and using some of the things like they even do some of their stuff overseas, like with the uh, the African League that they're putting together, and, and all of a sudden, like professional basketball is looking like the process rather than the reward. Right. You know, and I think there's so many of these guys that are going to the G League that still quite a bit for the process and still have a lot to develop, but they're trying to jump straight to the reward right away. And yes, well that, that look, that's, and that's always been the pro like, and even the success stories, like this is where I'm different than other people. Dwight Howard's a success story, right? He goes, gets drafted in the NBA draft. He's probably a hall of famer, but you look at like, did Dwight Howard actually live up to his potential? And I would tell you, no. And I think that the things that he struggled with socially, like learning to be around others and like there's an arrested development there, his personality. He just, I mean, I, I guess people always say, well, he's a weird cat and maybe he was a weird cat before and maybe he would have been a weird cat if he went to college, but there is something disarming about being around only people your age and having to live in dorms and that, and, and play for a coach and play for a team um, whereas, you know, when you play professional basketball right away and you're an 18 year old kid, like you're thrown into an adult world, there's a lot of things personally. Prof and then his game itself, like he never really developed a post game. He never really developed a face up game. And what happens is kind of what you show up and arrive as you can become a better version of, but there's just some rounding out. Even LeBron has no idea, has never had any idea how to play without the basketball ever. And I think that stuff would help. And I like it's one of those questions where Jordan, to me, is the greatest of all time. But I think one of the things that really helped him and, and he wouldn't have he was a, people make it out like he was a scrub at a high school. Like dude was a McDonald's All-American, set the all time scoring record in the McDonald's game. But I do think that playing for Dean Smith rounded him out as a player. And then you combined it with otherworldly athleticism and talent. And he was able to become, you know, the all time great. I just, I just think there's so much missing, and we, we downplay it, but it's, it, it does work. 
It does. It doesn't mean that the other way won't work and doesn't provide opportunities, but no one who can really play has gone to college and all of a sudden like, well, they can't actually play and the college ruined them. College doesn't ruin you. It simply promotes you and rounds you out for the most part. And I get the the thing with, you know, well, if I go to college and I hurt and I miss the opportunity, for sure. I mean, there's a risk in anything that you do. You go to the G League for, you know, 75 grand and get hurt. Like, it's over there, too. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the best development system in the world before you're 18 is probably somewhere over in Europe. But once you turn 18, the best development system in the world is in college in America. And... And the G League does not is not set up is not designed to provide that. It's not like we used to call it the D League, the developmental league. Not a lot of developing that goes on in that in that league. It's it's ride or die, like try and survive. And if somebody sees something that they need, then you get your shot in the NBA. And if you stick, awesome, right? Like it was perfect for a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson that went to Marquette, still needed to develop a lot in his game, goes and plays pro. Yeah, in Mexico, it's a shot in the G League, and then boom, takes off and heads to the Warriors. But like, there was a lot of work that went in between that Warriors contract, and even when he was playing at Marquette, right? Right. it wasn't. And he was a top what one hundred and fifty kid, and and so it wasn't just this like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go straight to the G League. Um, and they're doing it with international guys too. Uh, you know, there's there's a, an Indian player that is phenomenal that's playing down in the Global Academy, and his government is like, no, he's just going to go straight to the G League. That's, that's not what this is for, right? Yeah. Then the well, and, and I think, and look, and I do think that the NCAA, they, they hurt themselves by making it harder for international players than it should be easier, right? There's, you know, Ennis Cantor, like, yeah, Ennis Cantor was a pro when he played in, played in Turkey. I got it. Everyone knew he wasn't going to play in college if they actually looked. They looked and nothing. But why? Like, if he wants to play in college, great. <laughs> you know, who can like, okay, so he got paid back home. I don't care. Is he getting paid here? You know, as long as he's not getting paid to come here, like I'm good. That's fine by me. I, I do think that college basketball hurts itself. Um, give me the best tape that somebody sent you of a guy that you didn't, you maybe hadn't heard of or hadn't seen. And somebody sends you a tape and this can be any time during your time doing this. And you were like, Holy shit. What did I, what did I just see? This kid can really play. Doesn't have to be not now. It can be any time. You know, what's interesting is uh, the international stuff is always one of those weird places where so now hard. you're feeling completely oh. out of context. Right. You have right? no so. idea who they're playing against, right? You yep. don't. I've seen international tapes people sent to me like, hey, we signed this international kid. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know who he's playing against, right? Because sometimes the game, it's like, <laughs> is this played at half speed, right? Are these, is this a beer league? Or these guys really are these kids fifteen or sixteen, and he's eighteen or nineteen, right? Okay, but go ahead with the international stuff. So the 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 thing that really just surprised me about this one: this was a kid that was about to get ready to play U eighteen Division C, right? So we're we're down the line here in FIBA, and somebody sent me some tape on a kid named Owen Nelson who played junior college this year uh, for Otero, and huge, right? He's six nine, six ten, somewhere in there. He's at the time, he's probably 225, something like that. And this kid is running like a deer. He's, he's about see-through. He's so white, uh, being from Ireland with this mop of red hair on his head. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, if this kid was in America right now, like, he'd be blowing the hell up because he's massive and he's athletic and he can catch and all this kind of stuff. And so somebody sent me this tape on this kid, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I'm diving into FIBA Division C. 
and uh, and watched Ireland play. God, I don't even know. Like some of the like, places like Micronesia and just these tiny little these little countries and stuff. And sure enough, I mean that kid just took off. He's going to Wyoming this year uh, after one year in junior college, and uh, it was it was eye opening because that was three years ago, I think, that I first saw him, and really really exposed me to the fact that there are players everywhere you know and and i've seen better days right i've seen i've seen better players obviously but i've uh, that was one that was just shocking where it's like man it doesn't matter where you're from like you know i i remember remember adidas nations they used to have and i don't know this time they used to have it i remember like the first year and i was doing stuff with adidas at the time and they had me come down to talk to the kids and i think we're in new orleans and at the, the 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 then it was the Hornets facility, or whatever, and it was just hot as can be. And I go in this gym, and I'm watching Team Africa play, and and one guy looked different than everybody else. I was like, "Who's that dude?" They're like Serge Ibaka, and I was like, "That's there's your player." I'm like, well, there's this guy. That guy's like, no, that guy's your player. And I was just he the way he moved. Uh, the way he ran, the way he even shot the basketball at that time, that was before he's the shooter that he is now. You could just kind of tell those things are, are. But you're right. The there's guys everywhere is a uh, is is a great one. Um, okay, how can people get? How can people follow you? I I gave away Twitter. I gave away verbalcommits.com. Anywhere else we we can get all your information. Uh, yeah, I mean, really on, on Twitter is kind of our, our main, uh, communication source. That's where you'll see a lot of the stuff that we do when we go overseas. Uh, we go to Africa, the Caribbean, all that kind of stuff, uh, run camps over there, help bring kids over to college. We've brought 22 kids over in the last two and a half years and, uh, are playing in schools now. And then, uh, we do the live period podcast as well. That's been fun. We just kind of started that during the, during the Rona and sat down and said, Hey, you know what? Let's do this. And, uh, and it's, it's been great. It's been fun. So it's allowing us to kind of get our message out there a little bit more and work on some different stuff and, uh, and, and, you know, just kind of find new things to get into. Well, the best thing is, to, you know, you get to learn some of these kids' stories and meet them and you just, you end up wanting to cheer for them. It's a, it's a cool, it's a cool thing that you do at Juco advocate at Juco advocate is on Twitter. Brandon Goble is his name. Brandon, great catching up. We'll do so again in the very near future. And thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you, my friend. Be good. All right, that's it for All Ball. You can listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, on Sirius XM. We're now on the Dan Patrick Channel, 203 and 217 Sirius XM. In the meantime, feel free to ask questions on the Instagram page, at Gottlieb Show, or the Twitter handle, at Gottlieb Show. Hope you appreciate listening to it. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.